Speaker of complete nonsense and right-wing religious crackpot, Pat Robertson, welcome to The Herd Mentality. Thanks for your time. I, I just don't understand how you can force people to provide a certain product. Nobody's being forced to do anything here, Pat. And it's just one more nail in the coffin of the morality of this nation. What, this show? It is an outrageous invasion of religious liberty and a trampling of the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. I'm not sure that's a fair assessment. Now, could you put your thinking cap on, sip this latte, and formulate a coherent sentence regarding equal rights for gays? Uh, if you have a strong belief that uh, enabling a same-sex marriage is wrong, then you shouldn't. There's no way that a government should force somebody to do that. Well, in the same way nobody is forced to listen to this podcast, nobody's forcing anybody to get married. Well, I think, you know, it's the Apostle Peter said to the elders, that whether you Matron. Um, think Matron. it's right to do this, uh, you'll have to judge, but we can only do the thing that we have been, uh, you know seen and heard, we can only testify to these things. Nurse, excuse me, can we get Pat some amphetamines, please? You know, it's, it's, I, I wouldn't make a bartender if, if I thought all they ought to oh do God, is serve Oh, God, not the bartender analogy I'm gonna, again. I want to uh, have a law passed saying you can't serve alcohol. Adrenaline administered. There you go, Pat. Time for a lie down now. Ladies and gentlemen, Pat Robertson, thanks for your time. It's illogical and it's wrong. So the proper way to do Vegemite is you lightly spread it. No, you just get No, wait, no, does this, is this lightly spread it? Yeah, or is this for the tourists? It's not the way it's lightly spread it. Yeah, that's not All right, let's Yeah, it's Welcome to The Herd Mentality, an eclectic weekly mix of atheistic, humanistic and scientific conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection, and God willing, entertain you with some scintillating repartee. I'm your host, Questionable Adam, found on Twitter, Facebook and Google+, and it's time to meet our guests. Herd Mentalists, welcome to part two of the Unholy Trinity Down Under Tour, the Brisbane Leg. Well, it's been an action-packed two weeks with Matt Dillahunty, Seth Andrews and Aaron Ra as we've travelled up and down the east coast of Australia to spread some unholy love. Each event grew and grew until we sold out Brisbane and Melbourne. Uh, I'd like to give a massive shout-out to Andrew Skegg. You can find him on Twitter as at A-S-K-E-G-G, Ask Egg because he's single-handedly the reason this tour has been a success. The guy works like a well-oiled, eight-horsepower machine. Now, there's a special treat for supporters of the show at patreon.com slash herdmentality. It's an unedited discussion with Aaron Ra, Secular Bloke, Dan Abramson, and Andrew Skegg, and it got pretty messy and quite amusing. It's a bit off... The atheist slash critical thinking topic, but it was great fun. So, supporters of the show, you already know where to look. Speaking of supporters, Lee, Katie, Jeffrey, Don, and Jonathan are now contributing a few dollars per episode via patreon.com slash herd mentality. Special thanks to you guys and to everyone else who supports. It really is the reason I'm able to do what I do. Also, a shout out to ROE for your PayPal donation. Thank you very much.
That support is also the reason the Herd Mentality podcast is able to donate to kiva.org. That's K-I-V-A. It helps women in developing countries to further their education. This episode, we're helping Ren in Cambodia to pay for her daughter's nursing fees and oh, Sri Ross in Cambodia with her uni fees. You can find out more by heading to kiva.org and you can join the Herd Mentality Lending Group there. A couple of interesting stats. Between us, we have 21 members, 67 loans, and a total of $1,700 out there doing good things for complete strangers. And the best bit is, when it's repaid to you, you get to relend the money to help another stranger. Now, over the course of the tour, I've appeared on a couple of other shows. Episode 108 of The Scathing Atheist, where... During a moment of weakness, I swore profusely after one of Noah's terrible jokes. Even uh, Raylene makes an appearance there. I can't endorse it. Also, catch me on episode 5 of the Gaytheist Manifesto, where the unholy trinity come on to discuss some transgender issues with Callie. Now, this episode and the next are a collation of behind-the-scenes interviews and commentary of the tour. Our adventure this episode starts at a barbecue in Brisbane, with Jake Farr Wharton from the Imaginary Friends show, Secular Bloke from a, presumably a pub somewhere, and Dan Abramson before the Trinity arrive from their visit to Australia Zoo. So enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a barbecue. With me, to my right, Nick Morganmore, moustache and all. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you, Adam. Oh, it's good to hear, wrapping your mouth around... A Jake sausage. Yes, it is delicious mm-hmm. and slim, like himself. Was just that a that was that a um, penal reference or just in general? Just in slim. general, okay. slim and delicious. Because hmm. that camping trip, I just don't remember being naked then at all during that entire. trip. I think trip. you did keep your socks and jocks on even when we were showering together. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you weren't the only one that thought that was weird. You don't want to get tinnier. I mean, that's true. Yeah. That is a real that is a real threat actually. Mm. Mm. And somebody maybe. who hasn't yet been introduced, uh, but speaks anyway, Jake. Dan. Oh, oh Dan. Oh, that was Dan. <laughs> How are you, Jake? Oh, just stunning. Yeah. Just just stunning to look at, stunning, stunning to be around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luminescent. Can I, yes, can effervescent I, as can well. Can I touch your beard? No, because oh. I, can, I can hear you slightly nasally. You sound like you've got a little bit of a cold, mm-hmm. and so you won't be touching my face at all. <laughs> and Dan Abramson. Greetings. Herd mentalist. Yes. Yes. No, current now, I guess. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Current. Bring current. up to speed? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's currently sitting around a table with mm. a bunch of people, and if we were cows, mm. we could, in fact... Be filthy monkey men. Or, <laughs> I was going to say, we could be referred to as a herd. Oh, a herd of people. Where are we, guys? We're on a veranda right now. I don't actually know. But somewhere in Brisbane. Somewhere in Brisbane. Brisbane-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're anticipating the arrival of the Unholy Trinity. They've been... Grappling koalas and boxing with kangaroos all day. Very shortly, we'll have the legend himself, Andrew Ski. Oh, yeah, Andrew Ski. Who's he? (laughs) Don't say that. Andrew is so lovely. He is, and he laughs at my jokes. That's the main thing. Was that one of them? Because I, 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 the cues. Hard to read through the beard. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, and I've got to say, Andrew Skeg, who I think has never appeared on my podcast. Has he? No, no, but he and I have worked our tits off, more so Andrew than myself. I have noticed you titless. Mm, fresh yeah. out of tit. 
Uh, he has been working like a machine to make this whole tour happen, and uh, I wouldn't tell him to his face, but he's done an outstanding job. But you job. tell him on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't listen to this rubbish anyway. <laughs> How's your day been, guys? Yeah, I got to got to hang out with Jake in a car for a while. That's what I was looking forward to all day. You two have met before, though. Yeah, we're good friends. Yeah, yeah we've done um, we've done live shows together. Yeah. Oh, as is Dan. You yeah, were yeah. on the live show. That, were you on the live yeah, show yeah. when when I've been on two with like? I yeah, think. yeah. Mm. I think. Hmm. Yeah. We, we, we've done a few live shows in uh, one of the nicer taverns in South Bank. There's a nicer tavern. Yeah, and comparatively. Some, yeah, comparatively. You should see the one that we're we're doing Skeptic Camp in later on in the year. Mm. Really mm. nice. Oh, uh, the, yeah, nice segue. The Norman Beer. Give us the details now. But it is. It, oh, I don't. I don't know the date, but uh, it's. Um, actually, I do. Two days after July second, so July fourth, Saturday. Peter Bogosian will be on there. Yeah. Which is two days before that, we're doing a thought symposium with a couple of people from the City Bible Forum versus. Peter Bogosian and, and another yet unnamed free thinker, mm-hmm. which would be awesome, absolutely awesome. But then, yes, yeah. two days later, we got the skeptic camp. I can't broadcast this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that bird. I yeah. love that bird. <laughs> so He's like, Fuck you guys. But this is what happens when you invite Jake on a podcast. Okay, I'm going to have to. Sorry. Yeah. It's like Snow White. Ask, he attracts ask white questions. <laughs> Three weeks That's later. That's secret. You don't ask me a question. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, let's see what happens over the course of the evening. And they're back. Nobody knew I was recording at this point, so this is just a little bit of background commentary. No, we draw the line of koalas. Okay. Furry and cute. And kangaroos. Well, kangaroos. We did. That's why I did the koala you know, and the possum here, because I <clears throat> deal with snakes at home all the time. I was struck by the kangaroo. I mean... You can, you like, can buy a pelt if you want. They, they're actually they, no, they, they, they cats, all yeah. look... They've got the hat. They yeah. all look like... <laughs> what are you doing? The host of a party... Who would like his guests to leave? <laughs> they all are like. That's oh, their face. Their know, faces. I know. I know. I can't kick you out, but you're tedious. I'm tired. <laughs> they all had that look, yeah, and you know. And of course, the kids are rushing up to him. And the more they did that, the more irritated they became. And we saw one. We were petting. He dug a little, um, just a little hole, a cool little hole in the dirt for him to lie in. And I think Natalie was petting him, and he just looked at us like, like, you're dead to me. (laughs) Sits up, walks 18 inches, digs another hole, and lays back down, as if to send the message, you know, go away. In my nice, cool hole. That's really the impression I got of the kangaroo. They were just like, they were just tired of it. They were just tired of it. I expected their fur to be very coarse, you know. I don't see it's not that way at all. Is it true a kangaroo can jump 10 meters, or are they just telling the tourists that? They could be if it was going fast enough. That way? That could be. That's well true. Apparently, they can also... That's what, 36 feet, 37 feet, something like that? Yeah, I believe so they that. Can meters? They can jump high or low. I think it's 12 meters. Well, you know, that's the next question. How high can they jump? Yeah. They, Very they, high. They can literally jump up to three meters from a standing start. So just straight up. Out where I live, there's a few cliffs, and they just go straight up the cliff face. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. So you'll see them, you'll be driving along the side of the road, and there will be Wait, driving along the side of the road? Sorry, you'll be driving along the road. When do you hit the road? How much these kangaroos? Well, <laughs> 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 no, isn't their tail to break? 
Keep eating on a stick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, she couldn't eat it. Really easily two days ago. But now that she's pet one. Yeah. And has yeah. photographs. Now it has a face. It everything, doesn't it? It has likely named one. <laughs> now it is, now it's a... Uh, she knows it's not the same kangaroo she was petting today, right? Well, <laughs> are you sure? Are not. <laughs> we ate, uh, what's the name of the bug? Uh, what what Morton Bay. Morton Bay. Morton Bay bugs. You showed us the photograph. We think, look, I know we're... Americans, I know we're gullible, but what are we really having? <laughs> I, like, no. I pulled them out of the fridge, and that would be beautiful. Mm -hmm. It was. It was like going back in time, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Where's my loincloth and cloth? <laughs> <laughs> now, right now, we're halfway through the Brisbane event. A brief catch-up with an audience member and herd mentalist at Bernadette Chin. Standing out the back during intermission in the Brisbane... Unholy Trinity venue. I'm joined by Bernadette Chin herself. Round of applause. I'll clap for myself. <laughs> oh no, it's Nick, didn't Nick Morganmore? Yeah. Like it's a nice. beat poetry night. <laughs> How are you finding it? Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. They are amazing orators. They just are so fabulous and they know their shit. Like it just, the information that they know from the Bible is just. Wow, yeah, super impressed. What have you learned? I've learned that I should have pushed my husband more to come along. <laughs> Pay for the babysitter? No, he's not keen on the whole atheism thing. I still haven't been able to um, convince him that I'm on the right path. So, But I think that Aaron Ra and Matt Dillahunty would have done it. We'll see. Well, maybe you'll join us for a couple of beers afterwards, because you've actually been on my show, haven't you, Bernie? Yes, I have. Your children as yes. well. That was so much fun. Yeah. Cool kids. And uh, what else? Uh, who, who's after? Who's coming up after this? We've got yeah, Seth, Seth Andrews. Andrews. Which will be fantastic as well. And I just, I love his voice, and I love the thinking atheist as well. It's just, yeah. It's surreal being here and seeing them in the flesh and talking and, yeah, it's fantastic. Well, it's good I'm to find... blubbering. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll want to have your box of tissues out for Seth's one. It's, uh, oh, really? it's a moving piece. There's a reason he's going last. Do you have any tissues? <laughs> Fresh out of tissues. <laughs> but uh, good to finally meet you in person. And you too, Nick. Yeah. Well, not, not less so. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> it, that, that happens when you meet someone who's more handsome than yourself. It's just like, oh, damn it. I really it's hope it often. that way. <laughs> oh, it happens to people around me all the time. It's just... <laughs> walking around in constant frowns. We'll be hearing from you perhaps in the future for the return of Ken Ham. Yes, absolutely. And I'll be bringing my assistant, Ken Lean. Ken Lean. Can't wait to meet Ken Lean. Very well, Bernie. Thanks for coming. Thank you very much, Adam. Now, after the show, I catch up with at Religious Critic for a debrief of the Brisbane event. And standing in the foyer out the front of the Unholy Trinity Down Under tour in the Brisbane Arm, I have Andrew, who goes by the handle... Religious critic. Greetings. How are you? I couldn't be happier. This is all over and we're about to go and drink down some liquid bread. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to that? Yeah. What were your thoughts? Uh, mate, I, I thought it was amazing. Uh, it, it was well organised. Uh, the guys put a lot of effort into uh, putting this on, obviously. Um, but the, the three stars were just amazing. I, you know, Half the time I wanted to live tweet the event and half the time I just couldn't look away. I, I, I can't pick up my phone I have to listen to every word it was it was amazing they all had markedly different styles markedly yes uh, um, Aaron, Aaron 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 
Aaron, Aaron, uh, <laughs> he, um, yeah, he, he put on a, a very educational, I guess, talk. Yeah, so um, almost Hawking-esque in the brief history of religion. <laughs> <laughs> From start to finish, yeah. Uh, and then Matt, Matt was, Matt's, I've always been a big fan of what Matt does, and his talk was what you'd expect, like, uh, you know, brutal and to the point. Seth is probably the guy I knew least about um, coming into the event or looking up, uh, looking at looking it all up. Like uh, he is a very switched-on dude. Really, I guess um, explained, you know, how for the last five thousand years religion has been, in, you know, calling it the end of times. Uh, you know, the world's gone to hell in a handbasket. Uh, but you know, if you take a step outside of the umbrella of fear, you can actually see that things are getting better and uh, they continue to Matt's discussion or presentation it evolves <laughs> in Sydney he, he dressed up as God oh, right. <laughs> and he, he delivered uh, sort of segments of his presentation as God and he sort of fumbles around the stage and confused and uh, hang, on, well, hang on there's Noah guy what have I got to, uh, uh, look build a boat it'll be great just build a boat <laughs> and this time around uh, over the last couple of days they go to the zoo Matt will wander off for a bit and he'll just be sort of gazing off wistfully looking at an elephant or whatever Australian animals they had there at the zoo at the t- they don't have elephants in Australia by the way no <laughs> and he's constantly processing to the point where last night he said, I just lay in bed and rewrote my speech in my head. Wow. And then gets up this morning, punches a bit out on a keyboard and goes, all right, that'll do. And then keeps, keeps everyone on the edge of their seat for the better part of, what, <laughs> half an hour, 40 minutes? Yeah, half hour, easy. And thoughts on the questions that people asked at the event? Um, yeah, look, uh, there were some insightful questions. There are all of these events, you have uh, a few people who like the sound of their voice, but I think most <laughs> people... Uh, really you know wanted an education wanted wanted answers from these guys you know it's a a special time to have them here in australia so uh we we ask our questions when we can and i i missed out on asking a question so i'm going to hit them up at the pub afterwards (laughs) but yeah look uh some great questions uh and really insightful answers from the guys they i mean uh, I was just speaking uh, before about um, the social responsibility of, uh, you know, having a fan base, having a, a number of people not so much look up to you, but, you know, are aware of your work. And, and really, they they really take responsibility for what they're doing. So they, you know, they're, they're using their popularity, for want of a better word, to, to try and change the world. Yes, and just on that question, <laughs> on the point about people <laughs> enjoying the sound of their own voice, if you do enjoy the sound of your own voice, I suggest you start a podcast like me. <laughs> but uh, this time around, we said, okay, instead of handing the people the microphone, Adam will stand up the front and hold it so that they <laughs> sort of pull it away when they've had their time. Didn't really work so well. Didn't work. There were a few <laughs> wafflers, but... But yeah, we got through it all. I think no one missed out. No, oh, except I me. Think, but well, I, I didn't stand up, so that's my own fault. <laughs> well, we'll have the opportunity at the pub. Good to meet you. Good to meet you too, ladies and gentlemen, the religious critic. Ladies, gentlemen, and people of non-binary gender, I can't wait to meet you at ReasonCon 2015. This year, we have an exciting parody game show inspired by a spectacularly failed bit on Andy Wilson's Incredulous. This is Celebrity Skip Parody. We will be pitting teams of podcasting icons and newcomers against each other to see which is better at a completely arbitrary game. 
This is, of course, the best way to determine the true podcasting champion, and any other methods are immediately suspect. We will be encouraging humorous responses because my wit in writing the questions only goes so far. My alcohol budget, however, is considerably larger than my humor reserve, so we will depend on that as well. If you're a podcaster that will be attending ReasonCon and are interested in participating in the game, please check the post to the Reason NC Facebook page. And for details, we will be giving any podcast attending a chance to be involved. To get your tickets to ReasonCon, please go to ReasonNC.com and don't forget to book your hotel as well. Dear listener, sit back, recline your seat into someone else's personal space and imagine now that we're flying to Melbourne. Let's say hello to Chief Science Correspondent at Mr. Hawks. Joining me in the foyer down in Melbourne as part of the Unholy Trinity Down Under Tour talks, it's Dr. Dave Hawks. Good morning, Dave. Morning, Adam. You're looking very uh, fresh as button. I've just been fed and watered and you took me out for a fantastic lunch and we talked some science. What's going on? Um, I guess I was uh, doing a lot of neuroscience the last few years, but now I've actually moved into looking at the effects of uh, vaccination on the HPV uh, virus infections in young women. But um, the other thing that's happened is we've actually launched a study, it's not myself, it's some of my colleagues, looking at HPV in young men. So... uh, Yeah, a lot of people might not have heard of HPV. It's a human papillomavirus. In women, it's most notable because it causes cervical cancer. But in men, it can also cause cancers of the penis, the mouth, the throat, the anus. Anywhere you can get wet and fun Mm -hmm. with somebody else, it's it's not good. And it's the sort of thing, you're you're looking for volunteers slash victims to participate in this? It's uh, it's certainly volunteers. It's uh, it's called the HIM study, so it's hymstudy.org.au. And we're looking for men aged who are in Australia, aged between 16 and 35, and you'll be asked to fill in a questionnaire. You'll also be asked to swab your scrotum and your penis with a cotton bud. Yeah, well, I guess that was my next question. (laughs) What's involved? Do Do we need a team of technicians to do this, or it's something you can do in the privacy of your own dungeon? Um... Well, I guess it depends on the size of your penis. Um, if you need a team of technicians, then good for you. Uh, generally, it comes with instructions. It's very simple. And I, I guess as, as a male who has a, has a partner and, and women have been going through pap smears for, for years or decades and they're, they're not particularly comfortable things. And so I think for, for the guys, we can transmit HPV to our partners or get it from our partners. So a cotton swab on the underside of your penis or on your, your scrotum is really for the information will help us is is pretty low cost to pay it's the least we can do to help the ladies out what good can come of this well essentially australia is one of the first countries in the world that introduced the hpv vaccine for boys in 2013 so there's this generation of boys which is obviously a generation younger than myself who are coming through who are going to be vaccinated against it but they're looking at 16 to 35 year old males because we don't actually know there's a hundred types of HPV. We don't actually know which ones are prominent in the Australian population. And so we know have a lot of information on women, but we don't have that much on men. So if we can actually find out what HPV strains are around in men in Australia, that will help us understand, you know, which vaccines we use and sort of allow us to understand how effective they are. Mm. And we can, by doubling the coverage on the population, we can rapidly... 
rapidly accelerate the eradication of this because it's a bit like polio. Once it's gone, it's gone, yeah? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's there's 100 types of HPV, but about 15 of them are, are considered high risk for cancer. The thing is, uh, it's pretty much the sole cause of cervical cancer, but it does contribute to, obviously, a lot of other cancers. And women have been getting vaccinated because of that. such a strong link with cervical cancer. But with, with men, there's a lot of men who are gay or only have sex with men, and so they'd be able to transmit the HPV between them without ever being interrupted because females were vaccinated. So by vaccinating males, you, you protect yourself, you protect any future partners, irrespective of gender, and, and that's sort of just a benefit. And the HPV vaccine is incredibly safe. There's been no serious adverse events linked to it, and sort of the benefits we're seeing really significant reductions in genital warts. So that's a bonus. It won't stop cancer, but... I'm yet to come across somebody who's a fan of genital warts. No. Um, in fact, it could be a good topic for a future Raygate sketch. We don't know. <laughs> Ooh, would Raylene even feel them? <laughs> so, with um, given that HPV is the V standing for virus, do these mutate rapidly? How, how can you eradicate a virus? Well, essentially, there's, there's obviously a hundred types, but a lot of them are related. So what we're actually seeing is the, the vaccine that is prominent in Australia is called Gardasil, and it protects against four types. So type 6 and 11, which cause genital warts, and type 16 and 18, which are the predominant uh, causes of cervical cancer. So between the two of them, they make up about 70% of cervical cancers. Mm-hmm. So that's why it targets those two. Um, but there's benefits because 16 and 18 are pretty closely related to a couple of other strains, I think, off the top of my head, 31, 33 and 45, we're actually seeing a reduction in those strains as well. So it's, it's kind of the opposite of what you often see with viruses where if you, know, you stop one virus, it can kind of mutate a bit. Mm-hmm. This, because the viruses are they're divided into much smaller types, by targeting one, you're actually, you get a bit of benefit in other strains as well. Gotcha. Now, the anti-vax movement, what are their movements? <laughs> um... Well, in Australia we've been incredibly successful and this year has been spectacular. We had uh, a prominent anti-vaccinationist, one of the rock stars of the movement from the US called Sherry Tenpenny. Um, She was going to come and tour Australia and to give you an idea, one of the reasons we were against this is because from the Brisbane events alone they suspected the anti-vaxxers could profit by as much as $30,000 into their pocket. So there was a big financial motive for them coming out here and by community groups getting involved and a lot of media and and everyone getting involved, everyone through the atheist, humanist, uh, pro-science, sceptical movements coming together, she decided not to come. And the reason she decided not to come was because essentially they couldn't get venues, plus she couldn't make enough money. And Didn't she claim on Twitter that she'd received threats? Yeah, that was that when they they released a press release. So Sherry Tempenny and the Australian uh, anti-vaxxer bringing her out here, called Stephanie Messenger, most famous for writing the book Melanie's Marvelous Measles, telling you how good it is to get measles. Um, so they did that statement, and what actually happened was a number of journos looked into it, and they asked the police, both locally and nationally, and the police were aware of any threats to Miss uh, well, Doctor Tempenny. She's a she is a 
a doctor of um, osteopathy in the States, which is similar to a medical doctor in Australia, so I'll give her a proper title. Um, but there were threats to burn one of the venues down and to blow another one up. And they came from a someone who was a staunch supporter of Sherry Tenpenny and has made threats to a number of people who were promoting vaccination over the last couple of years. So uh, that person said on a social media that they got visited by the police. And so, yeah, there were definitely threats, but they were because the venues had threatened to cancel the events. So... I'm, I'm, I hate to break this to people, but the, the anti-vaccinationists, anti-vaccinationists spun the truth to suit their own means rather than actually stick to what actually happened. doesn't happens. sound like them, Dave. No, and uh, Stephanie Messenger has recently released a couple, another, couple of other books. Um, I'm not going to even tell you their titles, but claiming that she's now in debt due to this. So, um, yeah, I'm, it sort of warms the cockles of my heart. <laughs> Excellent. Any other news? Um, not really. I think the sort of um, work, sort of making this transition into epidemiology and HPV is is a lot more to learn and a lot of lot of interesting things. And um, yeah, I'm sort of been asked to start to give a few talks on sort of explaining how to actually speak to parents about who who are vaccine hesitant. And for any of your listeners, if you do get into conversation with someone who doesn't vaccinate, my only advice would be ask them why. Um, it's not about your knowledge, it's not about your views, it's not about the information you've read. It's about what they've read and what they're interested in. It's a similar thing to do with religion. You ask them why they've decided against them, and then the next question is, what would make them change their mind? Mm-hmm. And those two questions will give you an idea of whether it's worth sort of having that discussion. If someone says nothing will change their mind, there's, there's not really any point in discussing it further. If they say, oh, this study or this bit of information or this research then that's somewhere that you can actually build that sort of discussion yeah. on. And it, it really levels the play. It narrows your goal. As soon as they tell you what it is, then it's if that exists within their um, criteria, if you can produce it, well, they've made the commitment that they would change their position. Yeah, I mean, one of the most common ones is you, you get people saying, well, when they do a study between vaccinated unvaccinated, never had a vaccine and vaccinated people and look at autism or asthma or whatever it is you can go yes, it was published by Schmidt from memory in 2011 they looked at about 15-16,000 people, Uh, there was nearly 100 completely unvaccinated children which is about the same sort of ratio you'd find in the Australian population and there was no difference in asthma or autism in fact the only difference was the unvaccinated had higher rates of vaccine preventable diseases (laughs) Uh, which, you know, to be honest with you... Surprises no one. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a whole variety of things, but professional anti-vaccination organisations put out this information to scare people because it gets them to support them to make money. So I have a lot of patience with people who have been, you know, got this information they thought was correct and don't question it because it comes from what looks like quite reputable sites. So have a bit of tolerance and just... Try and understand them as a person and their individual concerns because very few people will ever be convinced by having someone yell at them or tell them they're stupid. Indeed, Dave, Dr Dave Hawks, or on Twitter, at Mr Hawks. Thank you very much for your time. No worries. Now, where's the bar? <laughs> Next episode is the action that took place in Melbourne. We'll hear Matt Dillahunty debating street preachers Bogosian style. We'll meet up with some more herd mentalists for drinks and drinks, and we'll meet 
Kylie Sturgis from the Token Skeptic Podcast. Guys, thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Just how rational can comedy get? Hello, I'm Robin Ince, and I am the co-host of the BBC podcast, The Infinite Monkey Cage. Robin Ince comes to Australia for the first time with his show, Happiness Through Science, traversing the landscape of evolution while plumbing the depths of his own murky consciousness. For tickets, head to atheistfoundation.org.au forward slash Robin Ince. Atheist Foundation sponsors RTRFM 92.1. And joining me on the line, I have... No illusions, and Heath Enright. Gentlemen, how are you? Hello, sir. Sweaty. <laughs> I'm sorry, well, you, you, were, you were just looking for a doing great, and how are you? Yeah. I got a little under boob. No. Too, yeah. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm looking at my t-shirt now. <laughs> big fan of honesty on the show. That's what it's all right. about. And uh, speaking of honest, you're taking a critical look at some mm, politics. Yes. You could yeah. say that. You, you would, could say that. Seems to be... The, interestingly enough, the one place where skepticism is needed most and treads least often. You know, obviously there's a huge skeptical movement uh, in, in Australia, in the U.S., uh, you know, all over the, the world at this point. But it seems like most of the people in the organized skeptical world want to avoid the political topics. And I can see why in a lot of senses you're just – you're going to piss a lot of people off. You're going to drive a lot of people out. You're going to narrow – the definitions and, and, and decrease the size of the tent overall. But I feel like when it comes to public policy, that's probably where we need skepticism the most. Isn't it Be nice. interesting that uh, the demographics, the way people consume news is now changing. So the older generation of nutbags typically go to, well, say, Fox News because it's a trusted <laughs> news source over in America. I use the term news. The in most trusted. Com- Absolutely. Mm. But then, conversely, people of the younger generation go to things like the Colbert Report, other satirical news late-night shows to get their new information because it's delivered in such a fashion that is, well, brilliant. You actually pay attention to how it's being delivered because you laugh. Yeah, but, you know, there was a time, and and, and obviously I think a lot of that is just that our media has become so terrible, and part of that's the fault of the Australians, but most of it's uh, most of it's <laughs> Americans' fault, um, that our media has gotten so terrible that there was a period, especially at the height of the, uh, towards the beginning of the Iraq War, where the only place that you could go for honest news was a satire program. You know, John Stewart was hilarious, and that's the reason a lot of people kept coming back to him at that point, but he was also the only person being remotely honest about the situation, at least in the mainstream. You know, you could find uh, some shows on NPR and whatnot where they weren't sort of towing the, 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 the corporate line. Uh, so to speak, but there was just a, a complete lack of honesty and transparency in, in, in the news, and I think that a lot of these satirical shows just stepped into this huge void that the mainstream media left for them. Mm. Boils down to offence, in a sense, doesn't it? They're not a they're not afraid to offend. Mm-hmm. I saw a brilliant interview one time with John Stewart where he talked about being responsive to your audience without being enslaved to your audience. You know, like uh, when. He was getting great ratings every time he said anything negative about George W. Bush. You know, any time he insulted George W. Bush, that was a, an applause line for the audience. And there were a couple of times on his show where he kind of had to come and he kind of came to the defense of W. Mm-hmm. Uh, on some smaller issues. And just to sort of send this message to, to everybody that, hey, you know what? I don't agree with this guy at all, but he's not fucking Hitler, you know? Yeah, it's as honest as you can be. I think I can say this. He's not Hitler. I can say that 100. (laughs) percent I'm willing to compliment him as far as not Hitler. Absolutely. (laughs) 
So how's the Skeptocrat going overall? It's growing at a rate of knots. It's been really exciting. Obviously, we're able to get a, a whole new audience in uh, by listing in a different, you know, the, the Scathing Atheist is, is listed as a religious show, so people generally are looking for atheist shows specifically when they find us. This one, News and Politics, kind of gets us in front of a much broader audience. Not all of them like the uh, emphasis on dick jokes, but a lot of them do. <laughs> and, well, without the dick jokes, Heath wouldn't be in a job. Well, neither of us would. <laughs> I'd have nothing. Very well. So where can we find said podcast? Well, you can find us in all the normal uh, podcast places, iTunes, Stitcher, etc. Uh, you'll also be able to find us at skeptocrat.com. The website's still under construction, but the web, uh, but the uh, podcast should be available there within another seven days, depending on when you actually air this interview. Fantastic. So if you're a fan of The Scathing Atheist and the format in which the news stories there are delivered, this is pretty much... Line ball. It's a little bit slower at the beginning. I must say that. Uh, not not Heath's usual exuberant. It's Thursday. We've wound oh, it down you, to. Oh, you're, you're talking about my cool jazz DJ. Yes. Well, it's Monday. Very smooth. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, it, you know, I'll tell you what. With the scathing atheist, when we first started that, you know, I did all the music. Uh, for that show myself, and I am not a particularly good musician. This time around, we actually got a real musician, a fellow by the name of Ryan Slotnick, that is a virtuoso on the keys uh, to do the music for us. So we had to change the, uh, the the intro mood a little bit to be more in fitting with our awesome theme, which I think is possibly the best theme music in all of podcasting. Evil Giraffes on Mars. Great band. <laughs> Great, great it's piano the player. least we could do for him since he's not charging us for the music. So. Oh, isn't that kind? <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you very much for popping on, dropping by, and uh, spreading the love. Thanks for Good the Good talking invite. to you, brother. Oh, and I should mention to, uh, to, your, to your audience that if they'd like to vote for The Scathing Atheist for the Podcast Awards at podcastawards.com, voting ends on March 24th, and also friends of uh, both ours and Adam's. Uh, Tom and Cecil from Cognitive Dissonance are also nominated in the news and politics section. If you guys wanted to you know, pop over there and throw a vote their way as well, that'd be awesome. Yes, please do, because it helps the movement. And the more people we can have in the religion category, uh, the more infuriating it will be for those people who are Christians presenting. <laughs> yeah, we're podcast. getting closer to like half the religion category with atheist podcasts. <laughs> yeah, three of ten. We have 30% this creeping year. Creeping up. We're creeping up. Oh. Good stuff. Excellent work, guys. Thank you very much again. Thanks Cheers. for the invite, bro.